God said, speak life into them. Come and touch your hands, Pastor. Speak life. I dare restore life to say, speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Come on and give God some glory. because I don't have to ask God nothing right about now. I don't have to ask him to come because he's already here. I don't have to ask him to bless because he's already blessing. Uh, so it's nothing for me to ask him for. So, y'all sit down. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You stop playing the church and music because... There's an anointing in this room right now. Good, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even in all of this anointing and all of the promises of God that have been spoken over our lives, I got to ask you a question. Uh, have you ever had something on your mind that kept you up at night? You know, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Y'all ever just looked at the clock and the clock said 1 o'clock and then you start calculating how much time you would have to sleep if you go to sleep right now? Y'all know how y'all do 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. I got 5 hours. I got 5 hours. I got to go to sleep. I got to go to sleep. And, and, and you drift off to sleep and you wake back up and the clock says 2 o'clock. With that same thing on your mind, and you go to recalculating three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. Lord, I can get but four hours now to sleep. And you go through this all night long because you keep having the same reoccurring thoughts in your head. You keep 
worrying about this and that and, and the other, and it takes you sleep. Some of y'all can't eat when something is on your mind. I'm not one. I can sit right on down and eat grocery real good. But some people can't eat. And they, they can't sleep. They can't concentrate because they have too many things on their minds. I see you. This first Sunday, y'all got your cream on and Y'all got your suits on and looking all sweet, looking all nice and all of this. And as Christians, when we get to church, we, we encourage each other. We, we tell each other, don't worry. No matter what, God's got it in control. You were telling your neighbor basically that just a few minutes ago. God's got it in, in control. There's nothing to worry about. Things are going to work out. And we tell our neighbor that some of us are super spiritual. We know the scripture we just read by heart, and we can quote it in, at a moment's notice. But the truth of the matter is, after I dismiss you, and after you go home, and the lights are off, and the suit is back up in the closet, and the dress is on its way, or the suit is on its way to the cleaners, because it's hot as she old in here, and, and you done sweated it out. Yeah, after you send all of that stuff off, then you got to come to face to face with the gripping reality that I'm a Christian, but I do not trust God. I believe in him. I know he's able. I know he's got power, but I don't trust uh, I know, look at me, so they won't, you won't lose your spirituality in front of your neighbor. But the truth of the matter is very few Christians actually trust God. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave some statistics on, on Tuesday night, and for some of you who weren't able to make it, um, I thank God for those of you who bared the heat of the evening and sweated out in here with me. But, but for those of you who wasn't, let me share a few statistics with you. The U.S. alone consumes 5 billion tranquilizers, 5 billion barbiturates, 3 billion amphetamines, and 16,000 tons of aspirin, all trying to get rid of worry and stress. Some drink it out. Some pay. To get, it, to get it out, Tom had to let it go. You know what I'm saying. Got to pull to try to get rid of some of these. Y'all, y'all looking too sanctified in here for me. Come on now. You in there But we do it because the world and the church are dealing with an epidemic called toxic emotion. There's been a study, which I shared with you on Tuesday night. There was a study done, Mama, of people who um, were told by their doctor that they only have um, three to six months to live. And it was found that people who generally told this by their doctors do not devote their time and energy on emotional issues. I don't have but three months. I ain't studying how many bills I owe. I don't have but three months to live. I don't care who don't like me. Right. I don't, I, I'm not even concerned no more. I don't have but three months. I'm not wasting my three months worrying about what you think about me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care how many credit. Keep calling. 
is right. At about three months from now, I ain't going to be home. So why worry about you and waste up my time? We tend to, they tend to focus on things, though, that give them deep peace and happiness. They focus on God, the love of family. They focus on forgiveness. The reason why this is important to me to, to give, to uh, allow a series on it is because I found that the mind and the body are linked. How you feel emotionally will determine how you feel physically. Certain emotions release hormones into the body that can trigger a host of diseases. What I'm trying to do is a little bit selfish. I'm trying to cut down the prayer line attendance. I'm trying to cut down hospital visits. It's a little selfish, I must admit. I, I'm trying to cut down funeral home visits and funerals that I have to conduct. I'm, I'm being selfish. I don't like to do funerals. So I figure if I teach you what the Bible says about how to live, then maybe we won't have so much death and so much sickness that we cause on ourselves. Uh, worry comes from the high German word, the virgin, which means to strangle, constrict, or to choke. Now think about the last thing you worried about. You worried about. It like to choke you to death. You didn't feel like going nowhere. You didn't feel like doing nothing. You didn't have no energy. You, you couldn't concentrate. It constricted you. And what I found out, what I found out is, it's very easy for Christians to worry. The people who worship the true and living God worry about everything. We worry about work. Am I going to have a job? Am I going to get a job? Can I keep my job? Is my money going to go down? We worry about money. Am I going to get a raise? Am I going to get a decrease? Is my check going to go through? Uh, 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 all of these things. How many people I owe? We worry about our children. Are they going to go out in the street and get killed? Uh, are they going to be a knucklehead? Uh, uh, whatever they're going to We worry about our parents. They're getting older. Uh, we worry about their health. We worry about their longevity. We worry about all of these things. They are constant sources of stress for each one of us. Look at your neighbor and say, worrying can cause anxiety. Worry and stress occurs when our perception of events, for those of you that couldn't get this note fast enough on Tuesday night, worrying and stress occurs when our perception of events do not meet our expectation. And we do not manage our reaction to the disappointment. That unmanaged reaction expresses itself in resistance, tension, strain, and frustration. And when these occur, it throws us off our sociology, sociological and, psychology, and, and, and um, psychological e equilibrium. It's thrown off, and it keeps us out of sync. If our equilibrium is disturbed too long, you remember you had vertigo. Uh -huh. If it's disturbed too long, we eventually get sick. 
we get out of balance. We're not able to function. Now, what happens is neuropeptides carry information back and forth from our immune system to our brain. And when our mind or body is under stress and worried, those cells remember and react to the stress. These are called stress reactions. And when we worry, it causes our bodies to automatically react to the stress that it remembers. We worry, and then it causes us to be anxious, and the anxiety causes stress. And the stress now sends reactions throughout our bodies, which gives us tension headaches and migraines. It causes tightness in our shoulders and our neck regions and our arms and our, our back. Tension and stress and worry. Worry causes um, epinephrine to be flooded in our body, which causes our blood pressure to skyrocket. Because now our bodies have been flooded with epinephrine, and that epinephrine now is triggering high blood pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we worry, there's an enzyme now that get, is released in our bodies that causes our digestive fluids, our digestive juices to stop flowing. And because they stop flowing, they open up the avenue for a, a certain viruses to come and attach themselves to the lining of our stomach and our small intestines, which causes ulcers. All due to worry. Look at your neighbor and say, what you worrying about? <laughs> Worrying will literally strangle the life out of you. Just think about it. Think about it. Christians try to worry about everything. Uh, when stuff is going good for you, you worry about when it's getting ready to go bad. Oh, you know how it is. Stuff is going good, and you're looking around talking about, this is too good. Something about to happen. Oh, Lord. She nice to me today? Oh, Lord. Somebody finna stab me in my back. Oh, Lord. When stuff is good, we worry about when it's not. Right now, many of you have started worrying about worrying. And you're worrying about how you're going to learn how to stop worrying. We worry about stuff that ain't even happened yet. Mark Twain, Mark Twain dad says something interesting. He says, I have been through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. We as believers will set up and create instances in the future that we don't know nothing about and we'll sit in the present and worry about something we don't know nothing about. What if? It's the question that got some of your blood pressure sky high. What if? See, I found that worrying is a control issue. Worrying is a control issue. People who are, are often obsessed with trying to control their circumstances. Yeah. 
got to tell you, there are some things in life that's in our ability to handle. But then there are some things we can't handle. But because you want to be in control, you try to take on stuff that's not even yours to control. And become frustrated and eventually become sick because you are unable to control something that you couldn't control in the first place. It's like standing outside mad because you can't stop the wind from blowing. When I worry, I act out the reality that I do not trust God. Although I believe in God, I trust more in my own ability than in his faithfulness towards me. I forget about the faithfulness of God and look at myself. If I can't handle it, it can't be handled. So I toil and I struggle and I worry and I stress out on stuff that I can't handle in the first place. Worry, in essence, is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. When I worry, I sin. I sin when I worry. When I worry, I sin. I sin when I worry. When I worry, I sin. I sin when I worry. Sounded easy to accept when you hear me say it. Now you say it. When I worry, I sin. When I sin, I worry. Uh huh. Now say it together so you don't confuse yourself. Ready, set, go. When I worry, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Say it again. I got to get you out of this hot church. So because I got to get you out of here, I'm going to give you three ways or three steps toward freedom from worry. Three steps, and then we're done. Number one, do what's wise. Many Christians have what I call underdue faith. Underdue faith. Underdue faith is we think that faith is doing nothing in order to let God do everything. I'm believing God for a wife. Have you brushed your teeth? No. Is your hair cut or do you look like a wildebeest? Have, do, you have, do you smell good? Do, is, are your clothes nice? Are your shoes run over? Because women look at run over shoes. A, a big turn off for some women is when the heel of your shoe look like it got epilepsy. When your nails look like you've been scratching dirt for 30 minutes. But you're looking for a wife and you trust in God. God's got it under control. No, you go bathe. Fix your clothes. Get yourself. Women, I ain't letting you off the hook. Don't do it. 
I'm looking for a husband. Clean your nasty house. Learn how to cook something. Now, I understand, I understand. We live in the 21st century and women have been liberated from that whole thing of staying at home cooking. I understand that. But let me tell you something, women. A man appreciate. You might not have but two dishes in your resume. But you better learn how to handle them two little dishes. And make them by learn how to cook something. Now every man that's ever been hungry ought to say something right in here to me. I'm trusting God. I'm, I'm believing God. God say learn how to cook. You've been living by yourself for 10, 15 years. You're going to have to adjust your attitude because somebody else coming in there with you. Y'all don't want to hear me. Y'all don't want to hear me. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God for a job in these tough economic times. Do your resume. Get out to bed. All the jobs gone by 830. You can't lay there at 10 o'clock talking about something. God is going to give me a job. It's a job for you to get up. Yeah. Underdo faith. Doing nothing, expecting God to do everything. So now you sitting at home worried because your house, note, your rent, and all this is due, and you can't get no job because you didn't get up off your behind and go look for one. And then your neighbor who was sitting next to you that you touched and agreed for employment got their job. And now you got you have got an attitude with them because they got up and testified. The Lord just blessed me with a job. And you mad because you were like, I wanted the job. How you get it? Because they got up. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? But after that, it says, faith without works is. God has a faith contract that he gives to every believer. The faith contract is, is man is responsible for the possible. While God, while trusting God for the impossible. Being responsible for the possible while trusting God for the impossible. In other words, I'm going to do all I know I can do. And I ain't going to worry about the rest because God's got it. I can't change the economic condition. All I can do is present the best possible self that I can and let God change the employer's mind. Proverbs 9 and 12 says, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Do what's wise. God cannot deliver you from being broke if you keep spending up all your money. Do what's wise. God can't bless you with more and you can't do with what you got. Do what's wise. 
You and your spouse can't talk about intimate issues when y'all can't talk about bills, do what? Wise. Start talking. Let God set the atmosphere. Wisdom is all about simple, tiny, obvious things done consistently, one at a time. Wisdom ain't somewhere just having all the knowledge because nobody knows everything but God. But the things that you do know to do, be consistent. You want to be blessing your finances? Tithe consistently. It might not be for $3, but be consistent with them $3. And God will reward you just like he rewards those who give $3,000. Stop. I'm sick of folk coming to church being shamed. If I ain't got but a quarter to give, with my quarter, drop it in, proudly thank God for it, and march right on back to my seat. Saints be lying. They get an envelope, write some bogus amount on the envelope, and don't put nothing in it, and drop it in the box. You're lying. Trying to save face. Now you got to ride all next week hoping God don't strike you down. Worrying. Do what's wise. Philippians 4 and 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God told you not to worry about anything, but he did also in that text tell you what to do. He says, don't worry, but pray about everything. Don't worry, but thank God for everything. And if you worry, stop worrying and start praying and start praising, then if verse 7 comes into play, mommy, it says, and the peace of God which surpasses our understanding will God oh wait a minute come here y'all come here 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 stand right there come come on you need to come on stage we in theater atmosphere so you got to come where the light is I get dogs down there come on up here stand right here stand right here come here Jocelyn I want you to stand in between them. Stand right there in between them, okay? Thank you. Now, I want y'all to turn to East, turn to Jocelyn like this. When worry tries to attack you and you learn how to tell God about it and to praise God in it, then what happens is the peace of God. Every time worry tries to get to my heart, y'all stop me. The peace of God guards my heart won't let even when stuff still keeps coming stuff still keeps popping up hard times keeps popping up I start to get ready to fret about it and the peace of God guards my heart in other words the peace of God protects me while I'm going through oh yeah 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 you got to understand it's the submarine mentality 
no matter how deep a submarine goes, the pressure gets stronger and stronger. But what the peace of God does is like the submarine. No matter how low it goes, it adjusts to the pressure. So no matter how hard the pressure comes at me, the peace of God keeps me from getting involved under the pressure and I can stay calm. Jocelyn ain't even breathing hard. She ain't even flinched because she knows that she got the peace of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look at your neighbor and say, I got peace through this. So when you start to worry, don't use it as an excuse to have a pity party. When you feel worry come on you, it's a signal to start praying. When that one o'clock in the morning wakes you up with that thought crossing your mind, stop and say, hold on. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I know this thing is getting ready to attack me, but you know what? God, I thank you that you got everything under control. God, you said in your word that the weapon may fall, but it won't prosper. So I thank you for allowing me to walk through this trying time with victory. Because you said your peace will guard me. And then when you get through, I want you to ride back and give God praise and lay on back down and go right on to sleep. I was at school the other day and um, right after the storm and all of the teachers came in dragging and and, and so everybody was asking, what's wrong? Why you dragging? And most of them said, I didn't get no sleep last night because I was worried about what the storm was going to do. And I say, I went right on to sleep. Slept like a baby. I slept right through it. And they were saying, how can you sleep through all that? The news stayed on all night long. How could you? I was down there in a hole. I was down there in a closet. I was in the basement. And I said, but... Let me tell you this. I know what God has for me in my life. And it ain't my time to go. So if the tornado came to my house, it's going to go by my house because God told me. Oh. See, the reason we get scared because we forget what God said. How can I be Above only and not beneath if the future and I die now. I'm not going nowhere till I get all of what God promised. Because he said in his word, I am come that you may have life and that more. I ain't got to the abundant part yet. So no matter what man says is going to happen, I'm going... Number one, I got to go. I'm talking too long. Number one, what you got to do? Be will do what's wise. Number two, you got to get your mind right. Get your mind right. Whenever you are faced with situations that you could possibly worry about, you got to stop making the situation bigger than God. If God is everything, why is he always smaller than your everything? So whenever worrying is trying to attack me, I got to put my mind on stuff that'll take me away from the worry. 
Okay, let me help you. Philippians 4 and 8 says, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true. Oh, y'all need King James. Whatsoever things are noble. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. If there be any virtue. If there be any praise, whatsoever things of a good report, I'm sorry, I got to keep that in there. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. When the negative tries to worry you, you got to fight it with the good things that God has already done. They used to sing a song back in, in yeah, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what the Lord has done. Sometimes we need a blessing countdown. Whenever stuff, hell is breaking out all over everywhere around you, you just need to just say one, two, three. And people will think that you're trying to keep your cool. And really, you're saying one, God brought me out of something like this once before. Two, I remember the time when I lost the house, but I found another one. Three, I remember a time when they fired me off a job, but now I got another one. Four, I remember uh, when I didn't have nothing to eat before, and I know how to fix me some potted meat and some uh, uh, some Diana sausage and some Spam and some uh, uh, bologna with the wine on it. And I know how to put it in the pan and fry it to the middle, bubble up. And if you want to be fancy, put a little slit in the middle. Get you some mayonnaise or get you some mustard. Put it on the end piece of bread. You ain't got but one. And fold that. Oh, some of y'all cutting the corners off your bread. You know what it's like to eat that end piece. Some of y'all know what romaine noodles are. And from day to day, you had shrimp today and beef the next day and chicken the next day. Yeah, some of y'all know what it is to eat tuna fish sandwich, yeah, egg sandwich. Oh, can I get country? Tomato sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put some salt and pepper on the tomato. Uh, banana sandwich. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Some of y'all didn't have Kool-Aid, so you made sugar water. Took some, took some lemon flavoring and put it in there and stirred it up. You ain't always had steak, baby. You got some hamburger and made some spaghetti. You didn't have enough sauce, so you took some ketchup and mixed it up. And you made it all right. Sometimes you got to look back at where you came from to get motivation for where you're going. We get so caught up in being new that we forget. And so when, when trials and tribulations fall, we fall apart and get all sissified when oh, God don't need no sissies. Can't take nothing. We ain't got nothing to eat. And then you open the cupboard and all eat cans. You better open one of them cans. Open some of them pinto beans and, and cook them. 
ain't, ain't, ain't nothing to eat in the house. Ain't nothing to drink in the house. When you turn them little two silver noddle, nozzles, did some water come out? Thank God for the water. Oh, that's tap water. I don't drink tap water. Well, you're lying. You've been drinking tap water out the bottle all this time. Bottle water is a multi-million dollar business. It's bottles full of tap water. Read it when you ain't got nothing to do. Your tap water is healthier than some of the bottle water you've been drinking. Oh, that's not in my notes. Let me move on. Think on things that are good when stuff is all around you trying to attack you. Number one, do what? Be wise. Be wise. Number two, get your mind right. Number three, and I'm done. Trust God no matter what. Trust God no matter what. My brothers and sisters, you have to understand that you have seen God's faithfulness through enough yesterday to know what that he's faithful today and will be tomorrow. Thank you so much for that one. You have to understand, I'm going to say it so maybe I get a hallelujah on this side, Tony, that God's faithfulness through your yesterdays to prove that he'll be faithful today and tomorrow. Trust God no matter what. Look at your neighbor and say, trust God. No matter what, look at somebody else and say, trust God. No matter what, last time, look at somebody that you ain't looked at all, day, all morning long and say, trust God. No matter what, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Don't worry about it. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. I'm actually done with the sermon now. But because it's first Sunday, some of y'all feel like it ain't first Sunday unless you put some gravy on the meat. Well, I'm getting ready to put some gravy down on the meat. If you're from the country, they don't call it gravy, they call it dravy. I'm going to drop a little dravy down on the meat. And then I'm going to sit down. What key you got me in? That C sharp is all right with me now. I'm told of a little story. There was a man that got off one plane, daddy. And he was going to connect to another flight. And he started running up and down the airport. He was huffing and puffing because he was out of shape. But he realized that he had to run from one side of the airport to the other side of the airport in order to catch his flight. The man was pushing by people. The man was trying to say, excuse me, I got to get through. People were looking at him and saying, you're being awful rude now. The man said, I got to make it to my next flight. He was out of breath. He was huffing and puffing. Sweat had started pouring down his face. His blood pressure was elevated. He was breathing awful hard. And he was about to be to fall out from exertion. After a while, when he got close to the gate, he ran across a man with a uniform. And the man was 
was leaning up against the wall with a cup of coffee in his hand. Yeah, I'm on my way, on my way home. And the man was laying up against the wall and he said, sir, can you give me some information? I'm trying to catch a flight. And the officer said, sir, what flight are you trying to catch? He said, flight 333. He said, all right. The man, the officer said, sir, I understand you're breathing real hard. Why are you breathing so hard? Why are you so exhausted? He says, I've been running, trying to catch this flight and the man said what flight did you say you were trying to catch he said three 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 and the man who had the uniform laid back crossed his arm he said sir I'm the pilot that's flying that flight all I came to tell you stop running around Trying to do things on your own. You're trying to make up your own flight. You're trying to make your own success. You're trying to make your own way ahead. When the pilot of your flight is laying back, chilling. That's all I came to tell you. If God's chilling, you ought to be chilling too. Yeah, I'm done now. On the way to my seat, I came to ask you what you worried about. God is chilling. He's not in a hurry. He's not exhausted. He's not anxious. So why are you? Why aren't you chilling? I made up in my mind. Whatever comes, if God can relax, I can relax. Cause greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, why are you worrying? Because the Lord is chilling and you need to be chilling too. So relax, God's got it. Control. Look at somebody, look at somebody else, and tell them, neighbor, I came to tell you that God got it under control. Yeah, yeah, oh Lord, I'm on my way to my seat, but I feel pretty good. control. Put your pills up. He's got it covered. Put your liquor up. He's got it covered. Quit rolling and passing. He's got it covered. Stop crying. He's got it covered. Get you some sleep. He's got it covered. Go to the stove and fix your plate. He's got it covered. The Lord. Yeah. Be in control if 